You're listening to Alicast, a deep dive into innovative and emerging trends in e-commerce, online payments, and digital entertainment. Brought to you by Alibaba Group. Hello, and thank you for joining Alicast. I'm Alison Tudor at Croyd, Managing Editor of Alizella, and today we're joined by Guive Balouche, Head of L'Oreal's Technology Incubator. Thank you, Guy, for spending time with us today. I'm going to kick off with a question about China. Why is the China market so important for L'Oreal? Oh, well, thank you for having me today. I'm very happy to talk to you about our initiatives around technology and beauty. Um, you know, I've been in this job for 15 years and now 10 years doing beauty and tech together. And what's really exciting about the China market in my eyes as a tech person is the appetite and desire for the Chinese consumer to try technology and see if they can bring their beauty to new levels. And it's a very, very exciting ecosystem for an entrepreneur like me because the Chinese consumer loves tech, the Chinese consumer loves beauty, and so um, that's the perfect environment to bring the two together. Globally, of course, China is a very important market for L'Oreal and has always been um, a big market, and uh, our CEO talks about that very much so. But in addition to that, for me as the tech person within the group, it's an incredible place to incubate, to learn, and to bring our innovations to market first so that we can see how we can make them big within the communities. And you have teams there, I understand, as well. Yeah, I have a team of about 15 to 20 people based in Shanghai. They also work with our partners. We have a, a number of partners in China and Shenzhen that we work with when we're doing engineering as well. So we have project managers, engineers, industrial uh, developers. So yeah, we have a, a really great team in China today. Turning to the trends that you see in the industry, how does the increasingly seamless customer experience of online and mm. offline play into what L'Oreal in particular and are trying to achieve? I think that the link between online and offline is um, one of the most important ones when it comes to tech's contribution to beauty. Because today, when we look at digital services and physical objects, um, in the past, a lot of it was developed kind of in a decentralized mode where you had hardware products that were separate from digital products. And now you see an increasing need for consumers to have a 360 journey where they can go to a retail shop, get information about their skin and hair, go home and monitor and adapt their products based on that, go to professionals and get even more in-depth analysis and have all of it link within one profile and one information. So I think our approach to this the O2O strategy has been to build services that can speak to each other no matter where our consumers are trying to experience beauty. And we see that today the O2O may become O2O2O. We will have another third area where we have the metaverse and we will have all these kinds of new um, areas. And in the end, it's just ways our consumers want to experience but be able to have the connection between everything to make their beauty regimen smarter and more adaptable over time. Exciting, but also useful, as you say, for the consumer. 
Research shows that Asian consumers are among the most eager adopters of sustainable products. The barrier has been lack of information and availability. Can you talk to me about how L'Oreal is meeting this need? I've seen some fantastic products here today that serve that customer. We have a large amount of sustainability initiatives within L'Oreal, but the best way for me to maybe explain to you our conviction around it is to give you an example of a project that we have that we're showcasing here at VivaTech. Um, the project is called L'Oreal Water Saver. It's really exciting. Um, it's a very, very um, important project for my team. And it's because that until now, when people have been um, going to the salons or uh, different services that they have for their hair, the water has been turned on from the moment that the light is on to the moment that the light is turned off in the salon. Um, in addition, when you're at home, you want to continue to have joy in the process of taking a shower and to rinse your product easily. Um, and so a lot of times what hotels and others have done is reduce the flow of the water. This makes the experience not so positive for people. And this is kind of the same parallel to where electric cars had challenges 10 years ago where the technology was available to make cars electric but the batteries weren't good and so people would have and they couldn't charge effectively and so adoption was lower and this is what we're seeing with water and so what we've worked on with our startup that we worked with is called Gyoza it's a Swiss startup is they rethought how to make water savings in a way where consumers don't have to suffer the consequences in terms of experience. They decided to use a technology similar to rocket fuel. And basically how it works is instead of the droplet being slowed down, they actually have the droplets hit each other and collide and become smaller and smaller before they come out of the shower head. And now you have tiny, tiny micro droplets of water that are 10 times smaller than a regular droplet. And the speed at which they come out of the shower head is the same as a strong flow shower head. So as I'm taking a shower or rinsing my hair, I feel no difference in the ability to rinse the product and no difference in the force of the water, but you can save 61% of the water consumption. So this is a true 61%. breakthrough one, 61%. So it's a true breakthrough. And so we are putting that in 15,000 salons this year, which will save 1 billion liters of water per year for the salons. Next year, we'll have it at 40,000 salons, which will save 2.8 billion liters. And sky is the limit. And we really hope that the entire industry will start to adopt this type of water saving technology so that we can really save our precious resources for the planet. Looking into the future, how is augmented reality and blockchain enhancing the consumer's experience and being adopted by leading companies such as L'Oreal? Well, I think we're at a very interesting injunction right now when it comes to technology innovation. The new buzzwords are things like metaverse and blockchain and all these. And we're, what's most important for our teams is understanding what consumers need, understanding where they want to experience beauty and making sure we can add value when they're there. So this is a lot more challenging than just following the trend. But that being said, it's obvious there's more and more um, desire to experience services in the metaverse, in 
augmented reality. And so we were one of the first in 2014, we were the first to my team to launch Makeup Genius, the first real-time augmented reality makeup app that led to our acquisition of Modiface that now in an entire industry on the online, we see AR being used pretty much by every makeup brand today to help people to virtually try on products before they buy it. Um, we'll see the same innovations coming when people experience services in the metaverse and experience re shopping there. And so we have to bring augmented reality into that as well. And um, then we will have to also watch and learn a little bit about society shifts. What are the true added benefits of the next two to five years around these kinds of innovations and to be there with services that we think can truly help consumers have better choices for their products and better you know, beauty experiences. So it's a very exciting time for sure. Sounds like you're, it's a technology, but you're, you're making it useful and it is, yes, it has a point. It's not technology for technology's sake. Exactly. Mm. You got it. <laughs> I did actually try on the personalized service of uh, the lip gloss, but talking about that trend further on personalization, mm. how are your new products really personalizing services for the consumer? Well, personalization has been a trend that's been around for 30, 40 years, but it's interesting because it started with customization, people writing their names on shoes, or and that's actually still continues today. But more I see this shift from a new era of personalization, which for me is more precision beauty. And what for me the difference is with precision beauty is that I personalize a product that's informed to data that's truly about me. And I think this is going to a new era of personalization. And so I'll give you some practical examples of that. First, when it comes to shade, 50% of women can get the right shade of foundation. So now we're building some digital services and personalized diagnostics as well as actual machines that can personalize products. Um, we've unveiled that at the CIIE actually last year in China, our Le Temps Particulier, which is a shade matching technology out of 22,000 options to give you the perfect shade. And this is a way so that we can ha finally solve that challenge that 50% of people can't get the right shade of foundation. Um, so it's personalization to fill a gap that could never be done before, but really based on my data, my skin tone data. Another example of that is what you so kindly tried when you were at our booth, which is our um, Rouge Saint Majeure or Perso device. It's very interesting because the lipstick area of lipstick, it's not about having a thousand choices. It's not about having a million choices. Today, you have a lot of lipstick colors. It's about personalized coaching to get the right one. And to do that, there are a couple of things. First, when I see a trend in a magazine, I don't wanna buy a tube of lipstick every time I see a trend. Second, the trends are late. They come later. Today, we live in a world where we could use WeChat, we can use Facebook, and we can have trends in a millisecond. So how can companies adapt to the fact that people are creating trends so quickly? And the third is the fact that if I want to be able to match my, my dress or to match my uh, skin tone or my hair, how can I do that for, you know, having a right product for the evening or the day? So all of these are needs that need to happen. So to solve that, we backfilled with technology. So we have a service which is called Perso that first you can see a trend in real time. So I click on the trend and I see it in real time and I say, oh wow, with augmented reality, I love this shade. It's, it just was created today by an influencer. I don't know where. And uh, I 
want to dispense it. So I click dispense, it goes to the machine, it brings the right amount of each color of the cartridge and I can make that shade right there and apply it. And I can do that 250 times with just three cartridges. So now I can really move the needle with that. I can create a shade. I can share it on WeChat. I can send it to my friend on WeChat and say, you know what? This is my favorite new shade. Do you want to try it? They try with AR and they can then get through the augmented reality and our, our device, the ability to try my shade in real time. So I become an influencer, whether it's within my community or a larger community, it's my choice, but I can create and also share. So that kind of personalization, it's more about connecting the dots of sense of community, of empowerment, of courage to try things without having to buy a long supply of it to try it. And all of that together, I think, is really embodying the example of where I think personalization is truly bringing breakthrough for the consumer. Again, on personalization, in China, we are seeing huge demand for personalized niche perfumes. Mm. The younger generation sees that expression of self in their sense mm. that they buy. Again, L'Oreal is at the front of this trend and, and taking it to the next level. Could you talk to me about that? Sure. I think, you know, today we have a couple of um, insights when it comes to fragrance. The first is that our noses and olfactive sensors can only smell six fragrances before they become unable to smell more. So when I walk into a fragrance shop with hundreds of fragrances, I hope and uh, I uh, cross my fingers that the six I can smell are going to take me to the one that I truly desire. That's not a great consumer experience today. It needs to be reinvented. This is the first. The second is I would love to have a fragrance just for me. These are two different insights. We started with the first insight to try to use technology to tackle because it's a really big global insight today. What I know and I personally I can tell you that it took me 40 years to know that the actual scent I love is Neroli because I had never actually smelled it. But the moment I smelled it, I realized, ah, that reminds me of things. It makes me calm and it reminds me of my childhood with the desserts I used to eat when I was a kid. So it, these are things that it shouldn't take me 40 years to find out. So we partnered with a company called Emotive and Emotive is a leader in neurotech headsets. And what they've done is taken all these kind of cognitive science and neurotech headsets that were really more used in large laboratories and made them very consumer facing. And what we have done is we allow consumers to come in, take an AI-based questionnaire to help us understand what families of fragrances they like. We let them smell, based on that, the top six of those families of fragrances with the headset on. And we measure their stress levels, their excitement, their concentration, their focus. It can be negative impacts, their disgust, these kinds of things. And we have an algorithm that leads them to the top three fragrances. They then take off their headset out of the hundreds of choices and they smell the top three and choose one, two or three of they hopefully desire. We did that and we found that we can get from 30% of people getting the right fragrance to 95% thanks to this technology. So we're really excited about the first. You can imagine from the projects we've done in the past, like Perso and Rouge Saint-Mesure that I just mentioned to you, we have the capability in the future to also get to a point where we can customize it. 
more and more as we learn um, how to get there, what's very important for us is making sure the accuracy of what we do is right. So we're continuously learning from what we do with these first launches to maybe in the future being able to get people completely customized fragrances based on how they feel to make them feel good and feel better about themselves in ways that were very difficult to do in the past. 30 to 90%, that is quite a leap. Yes, yes, thank you. Handing it over to you for our audience, is there mm. any trends that you think will, um, that is exciting? Something that I haven't covered already? <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked many good questions and I'm very grateful for being able to speak with you about our, our, our team. We're super passionate. We love the Asia zone. It's in China and um, Japan, Korea, all the countries because we see such an appetite for beauty and technology. Um, in terms of trends globally, I'm very excited about this future of beauty where maybe the barrier of our fingers and our hands to achieve the dream result we have for beauty can be augmented thanks to technology, thanks to AI and miniaturized devices where one day we can do incredible things with makeup that maybe we couldn't do with our fingers alone. We could maybe fill individual wrinkles that we couldn't do just with putting a finger um, on our cream. Um, and so I think that Today, we see trends like personalization, precision, mental wellness, health, but tomorrow we will have even more when it comes to achieving things we could never imagine with beauty. So stay tuned and we're cooking some really fun things around that and I think that um, we will probably be showcasing them in Asia very soon. We will stay tuned. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure and inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your kind words.